Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Come on in. Have a seat. Jump right in here. Todd Jeffries, Patrick Osborne. Ladies and gentlemen, you have found the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, Vandy, our producer's here, of course. With his golden Trump sneakers. It's beautiful, man. Those are nice, man. Some nice golden high tops. Those are nice. You run faster, you jump higher, and you score more points. That's right. You fly like that guy from a Red Bull can. Let's talk about that uh, Judge Arthur Ingorin. Uh, He fined uh, the former president, Donald Trump, uh, in the Trump Organization Friday in a civil fraud case of more than $350 million and barred him from actually uh, from serving as uh, an officer or director of any New York corporation for three years. Basically, you know, get out of town, basically. Yeah, New York Attorney Attorney General Letitia James, she sought to essentially try to bankrupt Donald Trump by calling for uh, $370 million in fines. Where does the money go? By the way, does it go to the victim? Does it go to to the victim in this case? Considering that there were zero victims? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, My guess is the state's probably going to find a way to use it. Well, uh, Donald Trump plans to appeal the ruling, of course, and he says this is a case that should have never been brought, and I think it should, uh, that we should be entitled to damages. That's what Trump said during uh, some closing arguments in this case. Right. The judge is the second this year in which Trump was found guilty and required to pay millions. You got uh, the E. Uh, Gene Carroll defamation case in order to pay $83 million there. Uh, and then this one, uh, $350 million. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. James contended the defendants used the, the, the inflated financial statements to obtain bank loans and insurance policies at rates he, uh, he, that otherwise would not have been entitled to. Raping uh, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, uh, in ill-gotten gains, as she says. Yeah, but you know, don't they ask the question? Uh, in in what's the the the, the legal is a qui bono, right? Who benefits? Well, I mean, I, there there were no victims here, and 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 Donald Trump. I I, I mean, he, from what I understand, he he paid back everything that that you know every every dime that was owed. I mean, I, I the bank testified in his behalf in this trial. They did. They did. Now, among the examples cited as fraud by the attorney general's office during this trial was Trump was valuing his triplex home in New York's Trump Tower uh, at three times the actual size and value, as well as including a brand value to increase the valuation of his golf courses on financial statements, which explicitly said brand values were not included. Another example pointed uh, by the attorney general clearly got under his skin. Uh, a dispute over the uh, the value of Mar-a-Lago, his, his, his giant social club there in uh, Florida, his residence. Uh, Trump's financial statements between 2011 and 2021 uh, valued Mar-a-Lago between $426 million and $612 million, while the Palm Beach County Assessor appraised the property's market value at about $18 million to $27 million in that time frame. <laughs> so, they, uh, so he paid more in taxes. Yeah, I was just about to say, I mean, they... they, they a lot more was paid in taxes. Sure. Why? Why wouldn't they? But you know what, Mr. Trump, we actually owe you money. 
<laughs> well, that's what it should be. Well, the uh, the judge found Trump's uh, adult son, Donald Jr., and Eric liable for uh, a host of civil fraud counts in New York, including issuing false statements, financial statements, falsifying business records, and conspiracy. They threw everything at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ordered each of them to pay $4 million. Now, James's case against Trump is, is just one of many legal challenges the former president faces. Local and federal prosecutors filed four indictments against the president. Uh, the indictments account for uh, 91 counts, 34 counts in New York, with a maximum penalty of 136 years in prison, Jeez. 40 counts in Miami. That could be up to 450 years in prison. Uh, four counts in Washington, D.C., 55 years in prison, and 13 counts in Georgia, uh, 76.5 years in prison. That is all That is all nonsense. All nonsense. Are you familiar with a name, uh, a fellow, he goes by the name of Chicago Ray? Uh, He's a trucker. I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago Ray, I heard about right. it over the weekend. Yeah. So yeah. this this verdict there with, with the Trump and the $355 million has prompted uh, an ever-growing number of truckers to now refuse to carry goods there into New York City. How about that? They're, they're basically, they're calling it the, the FAFO protest, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're saying, you're going to find out when we don't bring these goods into New York City anymore. And yeah, you'll have some drivers, and this will probably not have a huge impact, but clearly this has mobilized yet another, you know, base of supporters for Donald Trump who recognize how ridiculous it all is. Let's get more from newsman Clayton Neville. Former President Donald Trump, his sons, and other co-defendants ordered to pay more than $450 million when it's all said and done for overhauling their business assets. That represents $363.9 million in disgorgement. New York Attorney General Letitia James. Plus $100 million in interest, which will continue to increase every single day until it is paid. Trump's lawyers call the verdict election interference as their client is the Republican frontrunner in the race for the presidency. Trump and his sons each slapped with temporary bans from doing business in the state of New York. Following the verdict, it was back onto the campaign trail for Trump in the Democratic city of Philadelphia, where he was met with support and with booze. Wow, a lot of emotion. There's a lot of emotion in this room. Thank you. Thank you. So, so the really nice thing is we have lines, and I want to thank Jake. Trump was at SneakerCon unveiling some Trump merch, gold never surrender high top sneakers, and certainly had his backers behind him. Yes, we need him. He's a Christian. He's a good, honest man. They're after him for no reason. Next, it was on to Michigan, where Trump made these comments, comparing himself to Al Capone, as he has before. But a lot of them come to me and they'll say, how do you do it? You go through all these subpoenas. You got indicted. Now, in my whole life, I didn't know what the word, I didn't know what indictment meant. You got indicted more than Alphonse Capone, Scarface. They say, how do you take it? How do you do it? I say, it doesn't bother me. It's like I'm just doing something for some incredible people. It's called the American people. The Biden campaign was quick to post the apparent misspeak and brief mention of the N-word on social media. During the weekend <laughs> rally, Trump referred to the judge in the New York case as a lunatic and said that he knew he would lose a billion or two billion dollars if he ran for president. He called it, though, the best thing he ever did. I'm Clayton Neville. All right, uh, jump in here at 512-836-0590. Those, uh, those gold high tops are nice, man. They those are. are. Those are nice. They are. And uh, I think one kid landed a uh, an autographed copy of them. I've seen a few. I've seen a few of those. Are there a few, yeah, of a few of them? Yeah, he signed a few of them, yeah. <laughs> They're a little gaudy for How my taste, that? but uh, I, mean, I think... A lot, I think 
It'd be, can you imagine seeing some of those in the wild? Squeeze in some calls here. Uh, Gareth, good morning on the Todd and Oz Show. What's on your mind? I would like to see the financials of some of these uh, married prosecutors and judges who are going after Trump. That's true. The leather. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, after all, if uh, they're so upright and honest and so forth, I'm sure they'd be perfectly willing to show all of their financials to everyone. Yeah. And what yeah. do you have to hide, right? Yeah, what do you got to hide? Yeah. Well, especially with, with, somebody, with somebody like old Smiley uh, Ingeron, you know, like, I, I'd really, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind kind of prying into what he's got. You know, this is this has set a terrible precedent, though, mm. with, with Donald Trump here, because Absolutely. basically what, the, what this message is being sent is that... Uh, if you build your wealth through real estate and you pay back all of your lenders and and uh, you come through with all of your financial commitments, pay a you. judge who hates your politics could still just sink everything you've ever built by coming up with, with some sort of arbitrary number yeah. and draining every bit of savings that you've ever come up with and preventing you and your, your sons from doing business in the future. All, clearly, the, this is a political hit job. Clearly, these the judge, the prosecutors, they are very much shills for the Democrat Party. Let's get more on the story. Here's Fox reporter Kelly O'Grady. He can't serve as an executive in the state for three years. His son's for two. A court-appointed monitor will oversee all of his businesses during that period, but it doesn't prevent him from appointing a trusted advisor or even a family member to run things in his absence. However, the financial penalties, uh, you can't get around it. They're huge. The judge ordered him to pay $355 million, close to $100 million in interest. To pay that fine, he could have to sell some of his New York real estate holdings more likely as close enough to that in cash on hand. The biggest challenge could lie in his financing needs. The judge ruled he can't get a loan from any institutions with New York charters. Instead, he'd have to resort to smaller institutions or friends for any personal or business loans. Yeah, there you go. Fox reporter Kelly O'Grady there on the story. Uh, you could join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Yeah, the judge just made a wrong decision here. This is obviously politically motivated. It has, this has nothing to do with po politics and everything to do with uh, the judge is completely wrong. Completely politics on the judge's part. Uh, but, uh, you know, my opinion of the whole thing is this is just uh, incredibly unfair and wrong and could lead to... Uh, well, just bad business dealings all around, right? Yep, I think it. I think it will. If you are, if you're in business in New York City or New York State, I think it's a wise move to go ahead and just pack up shop and head elsewhere. Almost. I mean, I, 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 yeah, but that's okay. That's okay for the progressive left well, and, for some, them. and some of the radical texters because they got to do everything they can to get, keep this guy out of office. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be in office. I don't think Donald Trump's going to win in 2024. I think that there. I mean, I want that to percolate for a minute. A lot of people listening are freaking out over that. Have said that five one two eight three six zero five ninety. I think they'll do everything they can to keep him out of office. I think at this point they've thrown everything but the kitchen sink at him. But I think toward later in the year they're going to throw the sink as well, and there's going to be a lot of nasty stuff in it. Uh, I believe. I think you're right. I mean, they they will pull out all the stops. I think they're going to. I think they're going to do everything they can to keep him out of office. All the polling, all the polling indicates that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I saw, uh, there, I think it was an Emerson College poll that just came out talking about uh, Donald Trump. Uh, it, it showed him hy hypothetical matchups. He beats Joe Biden. He beats Kamala Harris. He beats Gavin Newsom. Uh, he beats Gret Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, I, I mean, none of the polling I've, I've, I've seen for months now has been good for Joe Biden. I would say that, that they're, they're, gonna, they're getting real scared.
So, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. They pull out all the stops. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to try to do everything they can. Mm-hmm. All right, jump in here at 512-836-0590. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, there's a winner of the autographed pair of, uh, you know, uh, the, the former president and 2024 Republican favorite Donald Trump's newly released uh, golden sneakers. A Russian CEO has won the autographed golden sneakers that former President Donald Trump debuted last week at Philadelphia Sneaker Con. Founder and CEO of watch dealer Luxury Bazaar, Roman Scharf, placing the winning bid of 9000 bucks. The sneakers in the Never Surrender shoe collection are shiny gold high tops with a T emblazoned on it and a flag on the back. The sneakers launching after Trump was ordered to pay $355 million in his New York civil fraud case. The shoes were a limited edition of 1000 and sold out in less than two hours. Sue Guzman, Fox News. There you go. Yeah, those are nice. You know, and, and, and maybe he should start doing some finger painting. Uh, to raise money to pay those legal bills, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, it worked for Hunter, <laughs> right? I mean, why not? Surely you'd buy a you'd buy a fingerprint painting, uh, you know, Donald Trump's skills, wouldn't you, for a, a million dollars? All he has to do is put his name on something. Really, I, it, it could be it, it could be something as simple as a finger paint. You say, well, actually, yes, it was Donald Trump's finger that traced all this out in the paint, and uh, you know, I just I paid six grand for this. Yeah, you know, for a stick figure uh, in, in red paint. Let me squeeze in. Let me see. We'll take that call there, Vandy. At 512-836-0590. I think people would buy his paintings. Now, show me Joe Biden's shoes. Huh? As they're all ripped up at the toes and missing part of the sole because, you know, it's a, I mean. Oh, I'm sure they're slip on or Velcro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slip on Crocs. Well, I don't know. I don't want to knock Crocs. I don't know a lot of guys wear Crocs, but yeah. still. Uh, I don't know why. All right. Uh, let's squeeze in Jay checking in from Westlake this morning. Uh, you can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Uh, yeah, let's see. Is it uh, Jay, you there? Yeah. Good morning. What's on your mind? Uh, just two comments. One, um, I wanted to let you know I was a uh, banker for Deutsche Bank and um, uh, retired now. But the amount of analysis that we would do on asset transactions was unbelievable and the notion that we would have been snickered by anyone was kind of crazy and dumb that's number one number two uh what i'm worried about with this judge case with trump is not really people like me or you it's the younger generation who somehow might think this is the norm and the reality Mm. is Mm. um this is something like we've never seen ever in our lifetime Mm -hmm. so um, that's what worries me most. And then number three, anyone that wants to understand electioneering and what's going on in the upcoming elections should listen to the Mike Benz and Tucker Carlson interview. It's absolutely I know what mind blowing about. and staggering. Yeah, I, 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 we listened to it. Yeah, it's it's. What do you see going forward? What is your concern? What's your fear here with this story? With the judge or with the election? Uh, both. Either one. Go right ahead. With my my fear with the judge situation is it sets a precedent that other activist judges will follow because there are uh, people who are now going it, it reminds me of a lot of my work and travels in China. There's a reason that Chinese in mainland China won't talk about politics or won't talk about anything with anyone other than their family. It's because they're scared to death of the government and I think that's the track that we're headed. So oh, we're yo, absolutely. Yeah, in, in many in many regards, we're already at that point, aren't we? Mm-hmm. If you think about uh, we're it. We're pretty damn close. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty damn close. We're, we're definitely there in the workplace, aren't we? We're in the workplace and, and the dating pool and everywhere else that you can think of, we're kind of there. So, yeah. 
uh, the, the worrisome part for me is that people will think this is the norm and that a judge that's activist can uh, really bankrupt you overnight. Yeah, that's true. That they can, Yeah, as we're seeing right here. Let me ask you this, Jay. Are you concerned about the next uh, presidency, whoever that is, using some of the same tactics to get back at his political enemies, whoever the president is? We already know that this current president is, is doing that. Mm. Do you think Donald Trump would do the same? I think what will happen with, with Trump if he gets elected, and by the way, I don't think his poll numbers are good enough right now based on the amount of work that's being uh, done in the mail-in areas to to get him a win. I think 5% is just too little. But that being said, I think that um, the next president will begin to, yes, will, be, will begin to activate a more aggressive stance of the administrative state against uh, its enemies, uh, you know, whether it be guys like Rand Paul or other no votes in the industrial complex. Yeah. And I think that's the worrisome part, is that we are no longer governed by anything other than partisanship and activism. That's the worrisome part. Yeah. Jay, Jay you, you mentioned the the 5% polling. Explain a little bit. Are you saying the number, the polling numbers are not not as good compared to the possible cheating? That's right. I'm saying that the mail-in apparatus is is refined enough that a 5% lead will not beat it. Mm. And if you look at them, look at some of the material out there, whether it be the Mike Benz interview, yeah. you'll see that the analytics behind mail-in are so extensive that they essentially are, are, are going to be able to overcome a 5% lead. 5% for as bad as things are is not enough. I read, it may, I may be wrong in the numbers, it's either 20 or 22 states uh, that are currently uh, allow uh, voter registration on election day and mail-in voting on election day. Sounds pretty. Sounds like it could be uh, you know just full of uh, you know all kinds of uh, you know trickery. You know what I mean? Well, and and Ground Zero, the, the Democrats were smart. You know, Ground Zero for mail-in and electioneering fraud is has been Arizona and Georgia, and both of those states had very very suspicious activities on election day. And uh, so people just need to look at that and ask, why is that? Why are those two states the one place or two places that have very, very suspicious activities with regard to the nexus of mail-in voting on, on uh, Election Day? Yeah. Yeah, good point. Jay, thanks for checking in, man. 7.35 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in here at 512-836-0590. South Carolina Republican primary is coming up uh, this next Saturday. And, uh, well, the two major GOP presidential candidates are making uh, their final pitches to voters. Uh, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is facing a, a steep uphill climb against the former President Donald Trump. But Haley tells Fox and Friends that she's, um, well, she's the only one that can beat Joe Biden in a general election in hopes voters in her home state can see that. In a general election, you're given a choice. In a primary, you make your choice. This is the opportunity we have to make our choice for a new generational conservative leader and to get our country back on track. Now, Haley says her focus after South Carolina will be uh, shifting to Michigan and Super Tuesday. Michigan's primary is just uh, three days after the South Carolina primary. Things are really starting to heat up. Well, I, 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 I mean, they are. You're right. But uh, she's wasting her time. I, I, I really believe that she, she's wasting everyone's time at this point. I mean, I, I think it's great that the process, as it's intended, is still carrying out on the Republican side because, you know, the Democrats have already said, oh, there will be no debate. No, uh, we, this is our guy, like it or not, period. 
there's your democracy for you. Yeah. Uh, so, but but at the same time, I mean, she lost to she lost to nobody, to nobody by by a significant margin in Nevada. And I know Nevada is not like you know the end all be all make it or break it state, but I think it's still pretty clear. She has never once led Trump in any of these polls since since the get go of anything. She hasn't. She she lost in Iowa. She lost in New Hampshire. She lost in. Uh, in, in Nevada, she's going to lose in her own backyard in South Carolina, and she sticks around Michigan, she'll lose there too. Yeah. She, she You're just, mad at her for continuing to run. It's, I if I'm mad at her, I think I'm more annoyed by the fact that she continues to... I think it's it's like... She, I mean, this is part of the process, right? She, yeah, but she's out there, oh, well, you know, I, I, I'm the only one who can beat uh, Joe Biden, even though the polls don't really indicate that. Yeah. And she, she couldn't beat no one on the ballot. And, and, I, and she's, she's oftentimes likable as a damp rag... You know, uh, and she spends way too much time now just going after Donald Trump because she knows that she's looking up at him from the bottom of Mount Everest. You know, I, mean, yeah. I just I just think it's a waste of time. I hear what you're saying. Now, uh, not all Democrats are on the same page about uh, Joe Biden's reelection campaign. Uh, newsman Lucas Tomlinson explains uh, from Delaware this morning. If Biden were to step down, it's not without precedent. LBJ famously declared in an address to the nation on March 31st, 1968, I shall not seek and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. The announcement shocked the nation and came two months after the start of the Tet Offensive in Vietnam. LBJ had ramped up U.S. military involvement in the war, peaking at half a million American troops that year. And at the Democratic Convention in there were riots in Chicago. The new Monmouth poll shows nearly half the country thinks Biden will be replaced as the Democratic nominee this year. Uh, I kind of agree with that, too. I think there'll be another uh, character, you know, because uh, Joe Biden doesn't have main character energy. Even uh, even some of his uh, his big supporters of the past, like Charlemagne, right. are starting to speak out against him, you know. Well, uh, Democrat Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Talab. Uh, she is urging members of her party to withhold support from the president in the upcoming primary to protest uh, the U.S. support for Israel's war against the uh, the radical terrorist of Hamas. Uh, Joe Biden has not mentioned the possibility of stepping down or uh, refusing, uh, you know, the party's nomination. But I, I, I kind of think he's not going to be on the ballots because even the Democrats do not want, uh, you know, Kamala to step into the role of president. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that is a real possibility considering his health if he does happen to get uh, the most votes counted uh, in November of 2024. Well, what about those 91 delegates that he's currently sitting on? You know, I mean, what what happens to the... If, let's say that Joe Biden drops out and he's got, you know, he's sitting on all the delegates. You bring in someone brand new. Well, now what? Well, the delegates at the convention can vote for whoever they want. I'm talking about the ones he's already got. Yeah. So what? So what happens? To I them? think they can change, right? Uh, I mean, could technically, they? could they change? I don't know. This is a, this is a, this is an area that we haven't been in. But I, if if they're going to do it, I I, I feel like it, they're probably going to wait until the longest possible, the last possible second, in order to do it, uh, it, just to throw throw everything into upheaval. Yeah. I mean, that's what they do. That's what they do very well over on, over there in that Democrat camp. It is uh, 739. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Getting some new details released about how the White House and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas are handling the issue of uh, illegal immigration. 
Fox reporter Madeline Rivera checks in. The New Yorker magazine detailing the trials and tribulations of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. According to the article, the southern border had vexed the Biden administration since the early days of the president's term. Hundreds of unaccompanied children were coming into the country, yet Mayorkas at the time didn't call the situation a crisis, reportedly because of a directive. The New Yorker says... The White House had instructed Mayorkas to avoid using the word crisis in his public appearances, but it was obvious to most observers that there was one. Now, the article also revealed that the White House is considering uh, firing the Homeland Security Secretary uh, to change the national conversation on the immigration issues. How about that? Sacrifice their own guy. They do that to eat their own. The guy who they, they just, what, all last week and, yeah. and, and ever since uh, you know the impeachment uh, vote have just come out to his his strong defense. But now, uh, in order to change the national topic of conversation, we're going to just fire the guy. Yeah. And what? Everybody's just going to forget? Yeah, I guess so. And you're going to put, put in somebody who's probably even worse. Yes. You know, who's he's probably going to get the job through some sort of DEI channel uh-huh. and not be qualified for it, or as qualified, perhaps, as, as other candidates. That's what this administration does. That's why we've got the vice president and the press secretary that we've got. That's true. That's why we have, uh, what's the admiral? What's the admiral? You know the admiral. The admiral we heard from early this morning. You know at, uh You know what I'm talking about. Was it Flynn? No, 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 no. Not that one. The one that uh, used to be. Uh, used to. Be. Oh, the that's the uh, yeah is the homeland uh, health and human services secretary. <laughs> the the fella Levine or whatever his she's name is. Got, the fella in a dress. She's got big knuckles and an Adam's apple. Seven forty-seven here on the Todd and Oz show. Yeah, jump in here at five one two eight three six zero five nine. Let's get to uh, line one. Uh, Michelle, good morning on the Todd and Oz show. What's on your mind? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing great. Good. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I'm Michelle Evans. I ran for House District one thirty six in twenty twenty two. This year, I am running to be the Williamson County Republican Party chairman to lead us to victory in 2024 and beyond. And I just wanted to uh, emphasize how important it is for everybody to vote in the primaries this year. It's an extremely important election year, and it's going to determine the course of our country. So early voting starts tomorrow. Election day is March 5th. There you go. All right. All right. And, and, see everybody in the polls. And how long, how long does uh, early voting last, for those who may not Through know? March 1st, okay. so a little under two weeks. All right. Well, definitely a good time to get out there, I would say. Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. There you go. Beat Thank- the lines, get out there and vote. Now, uh, we can vote more than once, right, this uh, election cycle, right? <laughs> uh, Not in the Republican well, primary. Okay, just checking, just checking, just checking. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. Uh, appreciate the update. Stay, uh, you know, stick around. Don't be a stranger. It is uh, 748. Uh, you could jump in at 512-836-0590. Saw some interesting tweets overnight uh, from, uh, from uh, you know, Cheeto Vela mm, talking yeah. about how affordability is getting better in Austin, Texas. So he says. That's what he says. That's what he says. And uh, rents have come down a little bit. He's proud of that. Uh, and he says, uh, yeah, he says uh, things are becoming more affordable, apparently. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, just because, you know, things come down a few bucks doesn't make them affordable if they were already off That's the true. chart expensive. That's true. And I'll be and, and, and Cheeto Vela is one of those those council people, uh, council people really who sits there and he wants to take credit for things that really have absolutely no have nothing to do with the city council with with the public sector with government. You know, it's, the Austin City Council ain't dictating the, the the market but he's out there talking about like the policies we've been putting in place been working. No, you don't have anything to do with it. 
Yeah, the housing crisis, he tweets out overnight. Uh, the housing crisis in Austin is easing a bit. Rents are dropping as the housing supply increased. The ATX Council passed reforms that should increase the housing supply even further. Lots to do, uh, but the current trend is positive for renters and home buyers. I, they're, they're still pushing that same old narrative that, that this home initiative is going to make everything more affordable, more accessible for people. And developers are salivating right now. I doubt we're going to see any sort of relief here. Well, he says, here's a quote from the story that he's uh, he's retweeted out from the Statesman overnight. He says, Austin's market continues to see a deluge of multifamily housing stock with the recent infusion of 24,000 units hitting the market and estimated 37,000 units under construction, 28,000 proposed for construction. Uh, That, according to uh, the story written in uh, the Statesman back in December, uh, and, and with so many being added, I mean, why did they need, need to do the upzoning thing? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, it goes on to say Austin's numbers for deliverables, deliveries rivals that of Houston at 27,000, a metro that is almost two and a half times larger than the size of Austin in terms of, uh, you know, overall apartment supply. Uh, and, uh, yeah, jump in at 512-836-0590. I know in the real estate world, a lot of those folks that are in the, you know, the skilled trades and things like that, plumbers, electricians, real estate agents, uh, the ones that I hear from say that, that the process of building a home, building a project, uh, you know, uh, has, has become more challenging. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Taking more days to get those permits and stuff like that. Yeah, well, your permitting has been, I mean, that's been a that's been a problem across Austin for, I mean, a long time. And apparently, you know, it's gotten worse in a lot of ways. I've, I've heard stories about, you know, everything from, uh, you know, basic change of addresses, uh, you know, just four or five years ago, you know, took a day or so, whereas now, you know, it'll take you about two, two to three weeks to get something like that done, uh, you know. Four to seven weeks, uh, I, I think, is what I saw for like right of way driveway permitting and things like that. Used to be in in 2019, uh, you, you could get that done on the same day. I mean, permitting is is just out of control. It's getting yeah. worse and worse. And, and uh, I, I, part of me wonders too. You know, with this, back on this Cheeto Vela talking about rent going down. I mean. It could be. We saw a report just late last year that, like, for the first time in I don't know how long, more people are leaving Austin than actually moving here. Yeah, I, and I and I totally can understand why. Yeah, but I mean, wonder wonder if that has anything to do. With Maybe it. so. You know, just people just saying, well, you know, we're getting out of here because this city council has destroyed everything, and so therefore. There are there is more availability. Yeah, maybe, maybe driving prices down. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's that's part of it. It is uh, seven fifty two. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Listen, the Biden administration uh, could be set to relax some of the uh, vehicle emissions rules, uh, giving automakers more time to, uh, well, transition to the electric vehicles because sales have not been where they should be. That according to the manufacturers of the big auto giants, and they blame the uh, the tough new uh, EPA restrictions. The Environmental Protection Agency is considering easing tailpipe emissions limits for several more years, according to a New York Times report that highlights a major concession to automakers and their union of workers. No decision has been made, and a final rule is not expected before next month. But slowing electric vehicle sales and the need for more public EV charging stations is putting pressure on the administration to slow down its goals for a more rapid EV shift. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Mm, there you go. Well, I, so I guess they're going to delay the requirements from what I've heard until 
maybe tw- after 2030, which, you know, could be a very exciting decade for maybe a lot so. of reasons. Maybe so. Yeah. yeah. It is uh, 7.53. Uh, listen, the uh, Austin Community College, they're looking to expand a program that they just really unveiled months ago. Yeah, the Austin Community College is set to vote next month on a proposal uh, to give uh, free tuition to those that graduate high school uh, so they'll have no out-of-pocket cost to attend the university. Right. Uh, now ACC is uh, wants to expand that program to include homeschool and charter school graduates as well as those who have completed a GED. Uh, the plan would take effect this fall and the, if the board says yes next month. So you got to be uh, a graduate or fit some of those categories in the Austin Community College Taxing District. Correct. It covers Correct. four or five counties. Correct. So if, if the board approves this next month, then... Uh, anyone you know graduating from public school or charter school or homeschool this spring would be eligible for the tuition at no out-of-pocket cost to them. Keep in mind, it's not free. No matter how many times ACC says it's a free tuition program, nothing's free. So somebody's paying for this. Well, somebody's paying for it. That's for sure. I, I, I guess. Uh, I guess they'll have to. They're in the snack shack. They'll have to raise the price for a Frito pie. You gotta wonder. I mean, they have. It's been more than ten years, I think, since ACC has raised its, its it tuition. Cost? What's it cost to uh, to to attend the ACC? A full load, full load, maybe four, five, six, maybe fifteen hundred bucks on the top end, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's. I mean, I I, I think it's about two hundred and one dollars, two hundred bucks per per credit hour or yeah. something like that. It's nothing horrible. Let me squeeze in Trey checking in from Leander this morning. Trey, what's on your mind? I just want to talk about the uh, the hypocrisy of this city council. You know, they're they're always talking about uh, having more affordable places uh, to rent here in Austin. Yet they increase the property tax. Uh, I've got several friends that own rental properties, and they're going to sell them because they can't get people to afford uh, what they have to charge in order to pay for the property tax. Same thing with police. They get out there every time there's a pedestrian fatality. They get out there and talk, they, they put some number way out in the future. Our goal by 2090 is to have no traffic fatalities of pedestrians, yet they cut deep, they, they defunded the police and the first, one of the first groups to be impacted that, by that was commercial vehicle enforcement. Yeah. You know, good point, it's absolute hypocrisy. No doubt about it, man. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.